0: Hey guys, I'm Kelvin and this is the Daily Hustle podcast where I talk to my guests about their inspiring stories about how they got to where they are today. Today, I'm here with Zach, Shahan and Brianna and they're all part of a group called ABF or Aussie Barbell Family. And so today's goal is to really explore their own fitness journeys. They are lifters, but also explore what ABF is all about and basically um, the plans and future for ABF. So how is everyone today? Not too bad, not too bad. Pretty good today. Very good, very good. Nice sunny Sunday afternoon. So let's get straight into it. I really want to delve into what you guys sort of do outside of lifting. I know that a lot of people know you guys because of your lifting pages on Instagram. And so obviously you guys are lifters, but um, I feel like a lot of people don't know what you do in your everyday lives. So let's start with talking about basically you know what you do um, at work or what have you studied at uni. And I guess what's your life outside of lifting? Um, let's go and start with Shahan.
1: Yeah, so with the university, I started a Bachelor of Economics at UTS originally in 2016, but I transferred from UTS to UNSW, um, stayed in the same degree, Bachelor of Economics. Did that until we did that full time until the end of 2019, and then I did part time just to finish off the rest of my uni degree in 2020. Uh, I started my first grad role in 20. 20- at the start of last year, um, where I work in foreign exchange sales. So what I do is I tailor foreign exchange products and needs and help clients assist with their risk management as well. So that's what is my current role, which I've been doing since January last year. Um at the meantime, that's the current kind of thing I'm doing outside of training wise. I play a lot of sport in the term in the form of Oz Tag. So I play used to play three times a week prior to this lockdown, but at the moment. Right now, it's just work work and training at home.
0: Mm, yeah, so basically nothing related to lifting.
1: Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs>
0: cool. Um, Brianna, let's let's go with you and talk about what you sort of do at the moment.
2: Yeah, so um, at uni, I did a, well, I started off with a Bachelor of Commerce and Bachelor of Arts, majoring in human resources and criminology. Um, but the criminology units, even though like I liked the idea of it, um, it just, I didn't really like the unit. So I dropped that, I graduated um, last year. So I haven't actually had my graduation ceremony yet, um, but I ended up with the Bachelor of Commerce. Um, And outside of that, like while I was at uni, I was working at Commonwealth Bank. So I started in 2016, finished that up last year, so 2020. Um, And then after that, I've been working full time at Equifax as an account manager. So as an account manager, I look after four to five hundred small to medium businesses. So I look after them as like over their accounts. And if they need anything, um, that's what I do and help them. So it's kind of like sales and account management combined into one. Um, And then in terms of like sports. So outside of powerlifting, I have dabbled in um, Muay Thai. So I didn't actually do any um, like competitions or anything, but I was training for like two or three times a week at one stage, yeah.
0: Yeah, awesome. Cool. Very, very cool. Very diverse. Um, Zach, let's finish it off.
3: Um, these two guys probably have the thing that is the least relevant to lifting. <laughs> but um, I'll start off the beginning of my uni life was uh started studying a bachelor of music in 2015 um so that was very different to lifting but I ended up dropping out at the beginning of 2018 um to teach piano um but during this whole time I was training powerlifting it was like slowly becoming the thing I wanted to do um the most out of everything so I actually quit piano teaching after doing it for a few years at the end of 2020 So last year, and for the last couple of months, apart from this lockdown, I've actually been working as a coach at Black Flag, um, a gym in the hills. Um, Other than that, uh, I have dabbled in a couple of sports outside of training. So played a little bit of basketball and did a season of Oztag last year with Shahan, and I did, I did that right off the back of a comp prep, and that was not fun. Like, I've, I was so stiff. I was losing my breath after like 20 meters of running. So that was pretty bad. Um, but as of right now, uh, gym's locked down, so can't work. Um, I also was made a close contact at this warehouse that I work at a couple of days ago. So now I'm in my 14-day isolation. Uh, this is day three, so I'm having a lot of fun already. Um, that's pretty much it. So I won't get to do anything for the next two weeks.
0: <laughs> and so that's training included, right? You can't train.
3: Yeah. Pretty much can't train either because I have to isolate from a family just to make sure that they don't get it.
0: Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Also. Well, thanks. Thanks for sharing that guys. And it's really interesting to see that, you know, Shahan, Brianna, you guys do nothing remotely related to lifting in your everyday lives. Uh, do you guys think that that benefits you in a way where you get to remove yourself from that sort of lifting environment or would you prefer to be in some sort of lifting environment as your, as your job?
1: So I definitely find that not doing something lifting related helps me focus more on lifting because for me personally, if I were to spend my recreational time in my own you know workspace, I think I'll just go crazy like for me personally like i don't i'm a very efficient person in the sense that um i like to do what i want to do in the most efficient quickest way and the best way possible right so i like i wouldn't want to spend my like recreational time in the be, be in the one spot for like nine hours straight you know let's mm-hmm. say like you know coaching and yeah. then training afterwards i'll i would i would I to i would want to keep the two separate yeah so I'm very grateful that it's like it's separated for me. Hmm. Okay.
2: Yeah. I'm pretty similar. Like I do like that. I have my job and then I kind of use lifting and going to the gym as a way to like escape that. So um, yeah, I like that they are two very separate things. Hmm. Yeah.
0: And so Zach, uh, I mean, myself included, uh, I am a full-time PT and coach. Um, <clears throat> yeah. It gets pretty fucking frustrating sometimes when you're yeah. in the same place for many, many hours of the day when you really just want to remove yourself from it, but you can't because, you know, you've got, you, you've got to get your training done. You've got to train other people. Um, can you relate? What What, what do you think?
3: Um, no, no, I, I, I relate to you. And I do understand where these guys are coming from. Like before, like before I started training at Black Flag, I was doing other things, of course. Um, but there was, there was something back then where it was like, man, I just, I just want to spend my time at the gym, you know, like, even if I'm just like sitting there chatting to someone, yeah, like which I used to do a lot before, and not get paid for it, that was the most fun I would be having. Yeah. Um, but now that I get paid to do it, it's more fun. Oh, cool. <laughs> just to like chat to people, um, but yeah. also doing all the coaching stuff.
0: Yeah.
3: Um. Yeah, there are some days where I do just want to, like, be outside of the gym, in the middle of everything but I do enjoy my time spent Mm. um, in those four walls with all this equipment around me because it's just like my mind's always spinning, like thinking of new ways to teach people things or new ways to um, attack certain problems with movement um, and just like thinking about all sorts of different like training ideas. Uh, It's like a great thinking space for me. Mm. Um, But yeah, sometimes I do just want to, you know, just like, like teleport somewhere else for like half an hour. For half an hour. Yeah. Make my brain a break and <laughs> yeah. then come back.
0: After. Yeah. yeah. I think the thing is because when you sort of train where you work, it, you're always switched on. Like, and there are always people who are coming up to you and asking stuff. And for me, it's, I find it really rewarding when people do come up to me and ask me a lot of questions because it just means that they do value my feedback and input. But sometimes it's just sort of like, Oh man, just just leave me alone for this like one hour <laughs> so I can just train. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's really cool because you've obviously found what you love to do and um, you're following that, which is which is what I I sort of see it as as well. But awesome, guys. Thanks for sharing that. Um, let's move on. Let's move on to where your whole fitness journey actually started though. I know you guys are very into powerlifting at the moment, but there would have been a time when it wasn't like that, I'm assuming. Um, so let's start with Zach. How, what was your whole fitness journey like and, and how did it start?
3: Um, so growing up as a kid, I played a whole bunch of sports. Um, dad really likes sports. He goes for the Eels. Shout out to the Eels. Um, I don't support them, um, but <laughs> shout out for dad anyway. Um, I played T-ball for a few years at first. So that was interesting. Um, still blows my mind why my dad picked that sport for me first. <laughs> uh, and then played a little bit of footy. Um Wanted to try cricket, but they wouldn't let me. But I always liked watching cricket and playing cricket with friends. Uh, and then got into a bit of tennis and golf for a, a little bit, and then finally stuck with what Filipinos of the most, and that was basketball.
0: Um, <laughs> why did, why did that... your parents not let you play cricket? Was it dangerous or something? Or like,
3: um, I think they just like didn't want to spend their whole weekends just like taking care of me and just watching uh... me for a few hours out on the pitch, and then and then. After a bit stuck with basketball, did that on and off for a while. Um, and then it kind of like evolved into where I am now, which is um, I started going to the gym initially because I wanted bigger legs to jump higher for basketball. Hmm. Um, I think it worked well for a little bit. But then as I started getting better at lifting, I was like, oh, like I enjoyed this more than running up and down for like 40 minutes um, every week. Yeah. Um, I-, I preferred being in the gym for like two to three hours, four to five times a week, which was a lot more enjoyable for me somehow. Um, but then from there, uh, like I was friends with Shahan at the time when I first joined the gym. And after a couple of months of like trying squat bench and deadlift, we're like, oh, hang on, like you're pretty strong. Like, my bench wasn't that strong, but my squat and deadlift were good. And then we are like, why don't we do a powerlifting novice comp together? And I was like, all right, fuck it. And then <laughs> uh, we did a we did our first novice comp together at Black Flag at the end of 2016. Um, and then, yeah, and then our powerlifting journey basically just like, you know, kept going from there. Um, we joined that gym after a while. And yeah, we've been there pretty much ever since.
0: Yeah, awesome. Cool. And so in terms of your training, what do you think have been your biggest learnings? And if you can talk about your biggest failures as well, what have they been?
3: Um, I'll talk about the failures
0: first because I want to end on the high note of the good
3: stuff. <laughs> sure. Uh, but the biggest thing for me uh, in terms of learnings um, or like, well, failures really, but what I learned from them when I self-coach myself, or when you, for someone who wants to self-coach themselves, um, you kind of have to separate your coach mind and your athlete mind. Um, because early on when I tried to self-coach myself, I like really couldn't separate those two. And I was only thinking from the athlete perspective, like trying to push everything every single week, um, which didn't work out too well. Um, so that's one thing is just like, don't, go too crazy if you're going to self-coach yourself. Um, And if you are, maybe seek a little bit of external help Um, going on from that. If you want to, you know, take this seriously and make sure you're doing things right, like get a coach straight away. Like you don't need to spend a year without a coach learning Mm -hmm. things on your own. Yeah. Um, Because, you know, the internet's got a whole lot of stuff on it. Not everything's good. Not everything will work for you. Um, for the vast majority of people, I would say, just as an example, like like a West Side method of training won't work for everyone, but there's for, but for some people it actually works. So like you can't say it's a shit method of training because mm. it works for people. Yeah. Um. But and if I was gonna add one more thing, it'd just be, you know, um, don't overshoot your rpes like that's that's the one thing i've learned for the over the last five years like like uh, overshooting will just like slow you down a little bit you know Mm. um just learn to join team sandbag and then you'll be (laughs) be good
0: (laughs) yeah and back to your whole thing about um getting a coach straight away the one thing that i'm really grateful about when i first started my lifting journey which was actually not too long ago maybe like four four years ago or something is as soon as I joined the gym, I was like, okay, I should get a PT because I don't want to waste my time doing random shit and trying to figure things out myself. And I think it was almost out of like, I will not say out of necessity, but at that time I was quite busy. I was preoccupied with uni full-time. I was working part-time and I was just like, I literally don't have time to figure out what the fuck I'm going to do at the gym. So Mm. I may as well just get a PT to teach me exactly what I need. And so since then, I don't think I've gone without a coach for more than like six months, I've always had a coach um, who been a, who, who's been able to give me sort of objective um, feedback about my lifting and how I should basically, um, yeah, like my, my, my goals and which direction I should head towards. So, yeah, I definitely recommend if anyone is starting out lifting or hasn't gotten a coach yet, um, definitely, definitely do it. Uh, obviously, price is a factor, but yeah. At the end of the day, long term, you're gonna be making much more gains, much better gains, and it'll be it'll be value for your money. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Cool, Shahan. Let's go with you in terms of your lifting journey, or just 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 your fitness
1: journey. Yeah. So my fitness journey started when I was at the age of five. So my parents decided to put me into swimming because they believed it was the right sport, right sport for me at the time. I carried on as a swimmer until the age of 16. So I did the whole whole rounds of s- squad training, you know, 5 a.m. wake-ups in the winter, doing competitions on the weekend, training five, six times a week, two hours every day. So I did that up until the age of 16. Um, I took a break f- – oh, I retired from swimming, I would say, for a better <laughs> word, um, in year 12 to uh, – pursue my studies further because being in like a Bengali household you know education is very important so I dropped swimming at the time because it just was infecting affecting me too much taking too much time out of my week which could be better used for like sleep or even study in general um after I picked up gym I would say at Uh, about middle of year 12 because i noticed i was gaining a lot of weight uh because you know going from you know high intensity training six times a week to just nothing i gained a lot of weight um fortunately enough my parent my mother um was going to the gym regularly she was doing a lot of pilates my older sister um lost a lot of weight by going to the gym so that kind of pushed me to do that as well um turns like my fitness journey is similar to zach um my journey started around 2016 um where I properly got into the gym, I had a couple of good close mates of mine from school who I gymed with regularly, it became more like a social adding in the sense that, you know, it was like the boys, like go to the gym, hang out, lift some weights, um, talk a lot of shit, uh, <laughs> grab a feed after. That's what it became like for me. Yeah. Um, and I miss then, that
0: man. Dream yeah, up,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Certainly. Like I miss just not having to worry, like, worry. like even working full time now, like even finding the time to do that is like, like a blessing yeah. as well yeah like, true and like having like people have that free time as well um and then i did my first powerlifting competition with zach in 2016 called black flag 2016 that, that was a really fun comp and i believe that the reason why i decided to go further in powerlifting was because it actually has a lot of parallels to swimming swimming okay. so swimming you got your four strokes similar to powerlifting we have your three main lifts so you you try and better each stroke similar to like water lift. So there's a bit of a parallel in that sense. So that's why I really love powerlifting because you're always competing against yourself in swimming. You're shaving a couple of, you're training hard to shave a couple of seconds off, right? Mm. In powerlifting, you're lifting, you know, lifting harder to put a couple of kilos on. So there's a lot of parallel there and you can't just be good at one thing. You have to be good at all three. That's why like, I really like dived into powerlifting because Um, Gets me that competitive outlet similar to what I had, like, grown up with. Um, So that's – and I've been at Black Flag since Uh, 2017. I think coming up now would be actually my three-year anniversary around this time. Four. Oh, oh, sorry. It's four-year anniversary. Yeah, four years of being at Black Flag. Done plenty of comps, um, you know, a couple of novice comps. Um, couple of sanctioned comps so definitely have done the powerlifting rounds i'm not that strong but you know i've definitely had my taste for it yeah awesome um definitely biggest failure similar to zach um self-coaching and i'm very stubborn i just (laughs) could like i'm a very stubborn person like i'm I'm admitting that and (laughs) i i couldn't i couldn't um separate the coaching athlete brain like I would always write I'd myself a program and be like, no, I don't feel like doing this today. So definitely self-discipline <laughs> also, like, from an early onset was, um, I would say, a big failure of mine, just um, list, doing and listening to what I had said to myself. So definitely um, being stubborn and not really separating the two athlete and coach brain to really probably was my biggest failure. Like, definitely – can convey what's actually like get a coach earlier and just listen to people listen to what they have to say and Mm. and that'll bring out the best um so yeah
0: awesome cool thanks for sharing man um brianna let's let's delve into your whole lifting journey and fitness journey
2: yeah so um mine's a little bit similar to shahan's in the way that i've always been a swimmer like growing up um it kind of came from like my cousin who's a few years older than me. She is a Paralympian. So she actually went wow. to um three Paralympic Games to represent Australia for swimming. And so like that kind of like I was always inspired by her to be a swimmer. Um so I took that quite seriously from like year seven to year twelve or like just like first year of uni, but unfortunately stopped that because the pool that I was swimming at, um, it closed down for renovation um during that time like when I was younger I also did like I tried table, netball like those kind of things but didn't really like them that much they so just stuck to swimming um but then after that um so like from 2015 to 2016 I had like a year of like not training not doing anything and unfortunately I put a lot of weight on because I kind of like when you're a swimmer, like you eat a lot because you're so hungry. Like you've you've trained, you've swum like six kilometers like a day, yeah, uh, maybe more. Um, so I was kind of used to like eating that much, but because I wasn't exercising, obviously, like I just packed on the weight.
1: Mm. So
2: when I um, I kind of like woke up, realized that I wasn't comfortable. Like living that way, but I still wanted to eat, so I was like, maybe <laughs> I should start training. Um, so I got myself a membership at Anytime Fitness. Um, did not go, I went, I think, four times like the whole year that I had a membership, and I was like, no, this isn't right. Like, so I joined um, a, another gym that's quite similar to F45, and um, they had like a 12 week challenge, you know, they you know how they do that, they rope you mm. in with those challenges, yeah. and um. I was like so into that like the conditioning classes they started strength classes as well and then from there I was like "Mm," like I'm lifting like that's when I started to like do squat bench deadlift I was quite competitive in those classes but like I didn't really know that there was anything more and then I came across my coach or my coach at the time um Chris so from that um, he introduced me to like powerlifting. So I did two novice comps and two sanctioned comps through GPC. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was like, yeah, that was the best thing I've ever done was to yeah. get him as my coach and awesome. like introduce me to this whole world, yeah, where I could be a bit more competitive again. Mm. Yeah,
0: cool. And in terms of your whole lifting journey, what do you think has been, you know, a, a failure or what do you see as a, a learning? Um, and what What sort of advice do you think you could give to, I guess, more specifically to female lifters? Because I know that from from my knowledge and my experiences, there are quite a lot of females in the, um, who start going to the gym um, and don't really delve into doing stuff like squat bench deadlift um, because they're scared they're going to get like bulky or get too big. Um, So yeah, let's start with your failures and then go into sort of your advice that you would give to any female lifters.
2: So my failures um like the first one was definitely like you know the powerlifting stereotype is you can eat what you want like it doesn't really matter i kind of took that a bit too far like i was <laughs> eating too much i'm seeing um, a theme
0: here where you really I, love food hey
2: i love food so much um but yeah like i was just kind of like not th- taking into consideration like how food can help fuel better sessions and like things mm. like that um so that's something that i've overcome because now I have a nutrition coach that helps me.
0: <laughs> yeah. Awesome.
2: Yeah. And then like another thing would be like, um, especially when it comes to comp preps, like I was putting numbers into my head that I probably didn't think were that realistic. Mm. So I, w- I would like to set expectations on what I wanted to hit each week in training to potentially get like the numbers that I wanted, but I was definitely not being realistic at all in those so I was like, yeah, if I can put on a kilo every week on my bench, which is like ridiculous because <laughs> that's that's quite a lot considering my bench is not that great. <laughs> <laughs> so I had like very big expectations in that regard. But I think um, like got a new coach now um, and the goals that we've put in place are a lot more realistic. So mm. yeah, it's good to manage those expectations as well. Yeah. But in terms of like advice to other girls, other women out there it would definitely have to be like weights training weights like does not make you bulky um I'm like this because I was already like quite big (laughs) but like (laughs) but like if I want to put on muscle and like actually be quite sizable like it's going to take me a lot of work and Mm. it's taken everyone like that's in the bodybuilding powerlifting like any strength type of sport you you just have to like talk to them to know that they didn't put that on overnight. That would yeah. be the dream, but mm. unfortunately, or maybe fortunately because like it would be less scary or intimidating. Um, yeah. It's really hard to put on big amounts of muscle and yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah for sure. Yeah. I definitely think that, a lot of people don't understand how much fucking work goes into actually getting stronger and putting on muscle. People just think that like, yeah, you're going to drink one protein shake and you're going to get fucking big. Like it doesn't work that way. Um, And especially, yeah, females, I think there's just this common misconception where, um, and and we'll go into common misconceptions later in the podcast that, yeah, like just because you go to the gym and you have a protein shake a day, uh, that will not make you anywhere like it, it won't get you big it's I'm going to get you very strong um but if you do commit to it over time and um you know put in the, the work that's needed then yes yeah, so you can get strong but at, at the same time like even me um at the peak of my testosterone levels i'm struggling to put on muscle like i i still can't put on muscle so yeah um is there anything else you guys wanted to add to that whole um uh, whole thing about your fitness journeys or failures learnings
3: um I think one of the things that, uh, like, I've learned the most over these years is that it actually takes, like, and what Brianna was saying uh, with, like, putting on weight or getting strong, like, it actually takes such a long time. Like, I had the same idea where after I hit my first 200 kilo deadlift after, like, like nine months or probably less of like serious training i was like holy shit like maybe i can deadlift 300 kilos by the end of the year <laughs> And i was like like that's it's not happening like i was weighing what like 65 kilos at the time yeah when i pulled that 200 and then i didn't even think that maybe putting on weight will help me you know hit 300 or maybe it's actually not that easy for me to hit a 300 kilo deadlift at 65 kilos body weight like it just didn't cross my mind um but and since then i've put on it's been oh, I've, I've gotten close to it i pulled 272 but that took me four years to get to
0: Fuck. so <laughs> yeah.
3: that that curve of like those real noob gains hit me yeah. like real good and then it like very very slowly keeps going um yeah, and it just takes time. Like you can't max out every single week and expect your strength to get better. You got to take at least like at least like twelve to fourteen weeks before you can retest something, maybe see if you've gotten stronger. Um, but it's just like it's not always going to be linear either. Mm. Your your yeah. your daily strength won't always be the same, and that might go for certain periods of the year as well, depending on what your training is like. So. That's just one thing there I'd like to add. Also, shout out to Crunch Fitness um, for for raising Shahan and I for a while. And uh, shout out to Brianna and I's nutritionist Aiden Potts um, for getting us on track.
0: There's going to be a lot of shout outs this podcast. But we'll, we'll uh, them. Yeah, I, I
3: keep forgetting yeah. to do the shout outs. I got to give a shout out every single time something happens.
0: <laughs> um, Shahan, is there something that you wanted to add?
1: Yeah, definitely. This um, one thing that a lot of people try and do is try to be a jack of all trades like that actually that doesn't work like my biggest failure last year was trying to be a jack of all trades tried picking up a new sport tried comp prepping tried to cut weight tried um entered a new relationship at the time like don't don't try and commit like to too many things at once like that's just not gonna work like you're just gonna end up don't try and specialize in all everything at once because it's going to your mind is going to be in two places at all times you're going to end up burning out that's probably the biggest thing um, biggest failure that i had last year and definitely have learned from it so yeah being a jack of all trades does not work not if you want to do everything well
0: just building on that shahan one of the learnings that i've sort of reflected on is the fact that you should or you might benefit from actually surrounding yourself by people who are smarter in certain things in certain, certain areas um, rather than trying to become a specialist or becoming an expert in every area that you, you're you interested in. And so that's, that's why for me, like from, for myself, despite being my own PT and, and yourself, um, as well as Zach and Shahan, Brianna, um, not coaching ourselves, right? Because having someone else who, who is your coach rather than coaching yourself, one obviously gives you those objective uh, or another perception or third party sort of perspective on your lifting but also you could learn from them as well and so for me I've always made made it a made a real effort to surround myself by people who I think are smarter in their sort of fields and can help me in those sort of fields like for example like that's why you go see an accountant right because obviously you're not going to able to do your own taxes and stuff sometimes if you're running your own business. Whereas if you, you know get the help from an accountant or someone who is more knowledgeable in that area, that's going to help you in a, in a much better way than trying to sort things out yourself. And so I think a lot of people um, try to sort of do things by themselves. For me, honestly, the reason why I was doing a lot of stuff by myself was because I was trying to save money. Um, and that turned out not too great for me because there was, a, there was a lot of, um, yeah, a lot, a lot of mistakes made, which, which didn't have to be made. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. So moving on to the next thing, let's talk about ABF. Let's talk about how you guys sort of came together um, to start with, and then we can sort of explore Aussie Barbell family and, or ABF as what it's called and talk about sort of the mission, vision goals of ABF, but let's start with, yeah. How you guys sort of met. I think I want to talk about that sort of story uh, between you three and how abf came to be uh all right i'll since 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 i was like the main point of contact for it all
3: um so we originated from this um american facebook group called asian barbell family so they're also called abf and uh, we were like the australian contingent at the time this is like midway through 2019 um and we just started you know adding more people to this facebook group and um group chat as well just you know just trying to create like a little community of um Well, at the time it was it was kind of almost like primarily just like Asian people um so fast forward to halfway through 2020 so we're kind of like in our lockdown phase um we were I think we just came out of lockdown when this happened but the story goes is so I was an admin or like kind of like the like the main point of contact for the Americans to the Australians, um, so I was like the kind of like rep, uh, and we wanted to make merch. So these shirts that we have right now, um, there was a disagreement in a way of like the logo that we are using, right? Um, so Brianna's friend, um, we commissioned her for it. Um, you know, we just straight up asked. So you know. Can you make this design for us like we want to use it on merch you know it'd be cool um and then she showed us the design and then we liked it um we didn't initially talk to her about how much money it was going to be um but then she gave us a price you know that's cool with that but the americans didn't realize that we were paying for it they thought it was just going to be like a favor right because they had some disagreements with other designers in the past And there might've been similar things as well in terms of like payment of um, the art used. And so the three of us and a couple of other people, we were just kind of like, that's not fair. Like she took her time out of her day to create this design. Um, And she actually spent quite a bit of time on it because I can't remember if it was a few days or at least a week uh, before she got the design back to us because she had other things she had to do as well. So it's not just free time for her to use. So um, from that point, a small group group of us had a discussion about maybe we don't need these guys anymore. <laughs> um, and we're like, oh, Aussie Barbell family still uses ABF. And then it's pretty much from that day on, like I, I'm going to say it was like August last year, something like that, where we created our own Facebook group. Um, we just kind of separated the group chat um, created our own Instagram page. We got the shirts done, so we've had two rounds of shirts. We've had these koala ones, and then we've had the one that uh, Brianna has on, the little red panda donuts. So that was pretty cool. We got a bunch of people um, in Sydney and Melbourne, and in Brisbane with these shirts. So small little community, um, and we just been trying to grow it since then. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I don't think I miss anything in that story, guys. If you guys have anything to add
1: timelines were a little off but otherwise um
3: <laughs> are they I <laughs> oh, mean, i have no clue like yeah it, it, was, so it was a little off
1: ago. uh happened in march last year march last year we decided to um um branch off because oh, earlier we, yeah yeah it was in it was in march was before okay. the lockdowns
3: okay
1: That's um but yeah like you know we decided to go and become turn it into aussie barber family because it kept the same letters but we decided aussie was much more inclusive of mm. everyone like we didn't want to be specifically tailored to just asian people like it just you know it's not really what we believed in um so i believe like 10 years to aussie made it like really inclusive for everyone within the whole like lifting community space
0: yeah yeah awesome and so now with um aussie bible family what do you think your vision is and the sort of goals that you want to um target or the goals you want to achieve with with abf
3: uh I, th- I think the, the vision still is essentially the same as what Asian Barbell family had. Um, ours is just a little more inclusive, as Jahan said. Uh, but the, the vision really is just to create like a like a welcoming community, a welcome community uh, for lifters, um, just so they get to know each other. Uh, the more friends you make online, you can meet up at gyms together. Hmm. Um, and just so that way people realize that, you know, this hobby that we kind of do, this weird sport that no one really knows about or people <laughs> don't take seriously, yeah. like there's, there's actually quite a few people that enjoy it. Um, yeah. and, and it is a legit thing that people want to like, I guess kind of like celebrate together um, and like just like talk shop over it. There's so many interesting topics inside this world of powerlifting that these people that we like to talk to about with everyone um so that's pretty much the vision that we have is to create that community
1: so definitely one thing that um is really important maybe ABF was connecting people as well like let's say what we would turn back the clock one year ago you know there was this huge up i've said the last like one or two years it's been huge like upbringing of social media connecting with lifting mm-hmm. so that by that one What I mean by that is we've seen a lot of like, you know, new Instagrams popping up, the people who are just lifting, started posting. I find that ABF has really allowed people to connect and like really, instead of just seeing someone objectively as just like a username, right? You actually put like a face, a a face behind that, a voice, personality behind it. Like with the meetups we've had, we've seen people, you know, become just from people change from just being a username to an actual person. So that's what I ABF like is actually pretty important. Like, has really allowed for a lot of people to do. Like, you know, I've met, you know, I follow. You can you can follow someone, but not really know them. But you know, these meetups that we hold really allows for, you know, people to get to know each other, people to meet each other, you know, put some personality behind behind that username. You know, and we see them for as a person.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think with powerlifting, weightlifting, bodybuilding, all those sort of sports, they are quite individual. Like, you know, it's not like a team sport where you already have that sort of camaraderie with your teammates. You're sort of competing alone. You're, your comp is sort of alone besides your coach. But with a community like ABF, you sort of have people who, for example, uh, you know, there are a few people who I know are competing in the same competition as I am later in the year. And just being able to relate to them and say, hey, we're in this comp together. You know, I'm going to see you at comp. It just sort of just the vibes, man. Just the vibes are just they're, they're good vibes. And I think the last vibes. <laughs> shout out to the vibes. And I think, um, at the last meetup as well, at uh, where was it? Um, Trination. Trination. Yeah.
2: Trination.
0: Was it Tri-Nation? yeah, yeah, uh yeah, oh, yeah, we had yeah. It at PCYC, yeah, yeah, sorry. Um, I didn't go to the PCYC one, but the one that I did go to was Trination um just the vibes as well man shout out to the vibes again it was just shout so out to, shout shout out out to, Tri-Nation. to Tri-Nation. <laughs> um it was just so good to be there with everyone and just say hey wait this guy is you know like you said chahan this guy is that sort of username that's zt barbell that's you know whatever um and just being there with everyone and just lifting and having that sort of community and family is really really nice it's just nice to be around people who love the same shit that you do and not be judged for it <laughs> so yeah Cool. Anything to add for, for ABF and sort of the mission, vision, goals?
2: Um, I think that's pretty much it. Like you, I think we've definitely covered it. I think the only thing to add is like um, at the very start or like when we were allowed to go spectate at comps, like it was a really good feeling. Like I went down and supported a few comps. Like one that stands out is when we went down to Campbelltown for an APU comp. Um, it was so good, like, recognising people, being able to cheer them on and them knowing that, like, we were there specifically for them. Like, I think it just makes it, like, a much more, like, comforting vibe. Like, yeah, sure, you may know other people that you're competing with, but to have people in the crowd, like, specifically there to cheer you on and, like, look out for you, like, yeah, that's what I really like about it as well.
1: Yeah, yeah like, at APU States early this year, like, um, the day that the session I competed, I believe that at least at least 50% of the people that can meet in that session were a part of ABF. So it really added to, like, the like the sense of camaraderie that you mentioned, Kel, that, like, you know, everyone's there for each other. Um, and it definitely adds a bit of a com- competitive vibe as well because you're all, <laughs> you're all friends with each other and you all want to, like, um, beat each other. So definitely, like, um, that camaraderie is definitely the fun, one thing that we want to, like, develop further. Yeah. Um, you know, that being, you know, how we connect to people, um, how to grow the group. That's, that's our goal for the future. I would say like trying to build, build upon that.
0: And in terms of that competitiveness as well, the way I see it is just, it's so much more friendly. Like it's friendly competition where it's not like I want to stab you in the back and beat you. It's like, <laughs> Hey, if you beat me, like good on you, I'm going to cheer you on as well. And the person who's you know competing against me, is going to cheer me on as well. Like we're, we're friends, but we're competing um, and Like I'm cheering for your success as much as you're cheering for my success and regardless of who lifts more than the other, um, we're both happy, which is, which is really, really awesome. And um, I have seen some pretty, pretty bad sort of bad vibes with bodybuilding where essentially people are rooting for another person's failure. And so those sort of vibes there where there's no community, there's no camaraderie um, is really it's, it's upsetting to see, and it's tough to handle sometimes when you're the victim of that. Whereas what you guys are trying to build in terms of community and just bringing people together, I think it's a really awesome thing.
1: Yeah,
0: Thank you. yeah. Cool, cool, cool. So let's go into some more lifting stuff. I want to talk about some misconceptions that you guys think exist in the lifting world. Um, common misconceptions or common mistakes that you think that people see, and though we've Um, mentioned earlier mistakes in terms of coaching yourself and sort of not getting out of that coaching versus athlete mind. And then we discussed some misconceptions about females in lifting. But let's talk about some more stuff that you guys think uh, are important to mention in in a podcast like this.
3: I think a common misconception about powerlifting would be that it's a sport for fat people. (laughs) <laughs> um tell me russell or he's fat <laughs> tell me ashton risk is fat Nah. um but i guess there is a common misconception that uh powerlifters um they they eat like crazy uh they are a little chubby a little on the chubbier side and i don't know maybe maybe for the community that they're in like it, it's real uh but there's there's a lot of people who are fairly shredded out there in powerlifting um but they're also just like the like top end guys as well Hmm. um shout out to one of our friends emilio um or whatever his instagram handle is elmo cuz or emilio yeah he's he's one of the
1: he's
3: the one percent he's the he's the top (laughs) one percent of the top one (laughs) percent he's that guy um but yeah there's a i think that's a common misconception um I think, uh, if, a bit further into powerlifting, uh, another co- common misconception about sumo pullers, um, <laughs> that it's cheating. Um, it is, by the way. Yeah, it is, by the way. Shout out to cheating, but uh,
1: <laughs> it, no, it's on behalf uh, of all conventional lifters. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. Shout out to the the foot stance of peace, conventional, but um, c- c- uh, like they're both different pulls, you know, um, like wildly different styles. Uh, muscle groups being used, the technique you actually have to hone in and leverage dependent as well. Like Mm. there's more to powerlifting than just like picking things up and moving them around. There is a science to it. Um, And you actually have to be kind of smart to (laughs) do things well enough to make sure you don't like fuck yourself up and get killed under the bar. So yeah, I, th- think, I
0: think those are the only things for me. Really. Yeah, B- building upon that, Zach, I think a lot of people don't understand that powerlifting uh, from, I mean, from what I've accumulated in my experience and my knowledge is that in powerlifting, you basically try to do what is most efficient for you. And so if sumo pooling is the most efficient pool for your leverages, then, I mean, maybe you should, pull sumo and stop stop having a big ego and try to pull conventional <laughs> um I think a lot of people sort of get caught in that whole thing where you know their ego gets in the way of becoming the most efficient way uh, efficient lifter as, as possible um yeah and I think a lot of uh, another misconception in terms of I guess lifting in powerlifting is a bench arch if someone wants to delve into that yeah
2: um I was gonna say like in terms of like what you guys have both said like the arch in benching as well as like working out what's best for you in terms of where your grip is as well that's something else that's also quite a hot topic like just because you can go to the the widest grip that you can doesn't mean that's going to be the best for you maybe you would like have more advantage by having a closer grip because that's where you're more powerful um, in terms of like the arch itself like everyone says oh i i can't, can't wait to see you do that with like a full range of motion but at the end of the day power lifters were meant to move the most amount of weight as possible so like maybe you're just upset that you can't get your arch that big <laughs> oh,
1: oh, <Jesus laughs> Aiden shout
0: out to the haters
2: like like, to be fair my arch isn't that great but like i'm not hating on people that can arch and have like what like a rom this big i'm i'm impressed like that's quite impressive yeah
1: Yeah. honestly i I wish i'm i wish i could do that like my long ass arms like don't let me do that so yeah give um... us
0: give us a view of your arms (laughs) johan Made it's on my albatross.
3: Yeah, Shahan <laughs> doesn't have great uh, T-spine flexion. Um, shout out to
1: good T-spines that help your lifters. Um, <laughs> yeah, plus, plus um, bird wingspan as well. Does... Shout out to that as well. Shout out to short arm gang.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, definitely. And, yeah, I mean, basically just trying to move as, f- as efficiently as possible and that bench arch, I mean, not only is it good – to be in that position for your shoulders but it just helps you move as efficiently as possible in terms of that bar so that's another common misconception where you know i want to see you bench with a flat with a flat back on the on the bench it's like dude just please you specifically can't lift as much as this chick is um yeah. just <laughs> um stop hating yeah any other misconceptions you guys think exist um or just common mistakes you, you think you see people do um uh, oh another one that we mentioned earlier was um, maxing out every time or maxing out every session.
1: <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. oh god, goodness.
0: Um
3: yeah, like don't max out every session, <laughs> That's the that's the mistake people some like some early lifters make. Um there's a time and a place to test strength. Um taking a step back from that. If you have a coach and you're running like a program that is like purely based off RPE don't overshoot your RPE just cause you're, you want to like, you know, inflate your ego. You want to just like, you know, stroke yourself, make yourself feel good about hitting, um, a good cool looking number, posting it on Instagram, getting it <laughs> like that. Um, don't do that. It is at the end of the day, especially if you want to be competitive, much more impressive to see someone put their best up at a competition where they do all three lifts on the same day. Um, this goes, I, this, I guess this goes in a way to weightlifting as well. Weightlifting programming boggles my mind. I don't know much about it. But you same, same thing, it's performance-based. You want to make sure you save your best for the competition day. Um, leading into a competition day, don't open too high or you may bomb out. Um, this is something that, you know, you, you probably see at least one person bomb out at a comp. Mm. Um especially local comps people don't know the rules um I guess the other two uh Shahana Brianna can go into a bit more about that kind of stuff but uh like I just say you know don't pick stupid attempts on comp day if it's your first comp, you know just hit just nice numbers that you can do easily to start off with and then if you're feeling good you can send it you know you don't have to you don't have to go all out like
0: mm. yeah. Yeah, that's, I think that's I'm another thing that I've learned with my training is just sometimes it's better just to be more conservative than full send because you're much better off playing the long-term game than any short-term satisfaction or short-term gratification from lifting a nice number um, and de- and basically, you know, making it detrimental for your long-term gains. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. Yeah, so similar following on from what Saxon are like, you know, big misconception that you're just picking up like from if your first session to competition, like no one really cares about you know what you do like on the day to day. Like it's more so what happens on the platform. Like you can you can show off as much as you want on social media. Like oh, hit a five kilo RP 8s, triple um, at a lower speed, but no one really cares about that on comp. Play. Like at <laughs> the end of the day, like you know you're, you know the goal is to go nine for nine. You know no one cares if you go um, eight like. I'd rather go nine for nine than go seven for nine, but you know, miss out on those two lifts because I was concentrating too much on those other things in training that really don't really aren't relevant to the final goal of being on the platform.
0: Yeah, doing it for the gram.
1: Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Like, there's so many people out there. Like, for me personally, I stopped posting because, like, I just don't really find any enjoyment in that. Nor do I. Like, I've kind of taken a step back from that because, like, I just. know don't care in the sense that in the like in the in the in the nicest way possible like yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'm in this journey for myself you know sure it's nice seeing people uh people like you know put pbs and stuff but you know at the end of the day like it isn't like as much as like it is community driven it is an individual sport like just focus on yourself
0: Hmm. Mm, yes i think another thing is it's not comparing yourself to other people you have no one has any idea what the circumstances of other people you know th- some guy might be on steroids for we know and you might not know that because you know no one's going to be like hey i take steroids um but <laughs> if you come if you're comparing to someone who you know for example if i compare myself to zach or compare myself to brianne or shahan i mean that's not going to do me any good if i can just focus on myself and just focus on being better than i was yesterday then that's all that matters
1: yeah, like if I compare myself to Zach when I started lifting before him, I'll be a very sad person right now. But, you know, like, you know, everyone's journey is different. Like, you know, um, yeah, it's, it's just focus on yourself. That's, that's the main thing. Yeah.
0: yeah. Awesome. Cool. Is there anything else you guys want to add to that topic? Uh,
3: Shout out to the Depth Gang.
2: The shout- It'll be there on the day. Yeah, shout out to the Depth
3: Gang. Um, yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. Yeah, before I go on another rant,
0: yeah. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Um, I'm going to wrap this up now. There's, there's two more questions that I want to explore. And so th- the, this one here, it's what's one thing you wish someone had told you before you started lifting? Or I guess when you first started lifting, uh, what's one piece of advice that you wish someone had told you? Or um, did someone tell you one piece of advice that sort of you hold on to at the moment?
3: Um, I'll this one's always stuck with me. Um, do your upper body accessories, uh, <laughs> that way your bench doesn't lag behind. I'm leave it at that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's short and sweet. Okay, yeah, for me, um, similar to something that, um, like one of my coach at the time said, Chris, shout out to Chris Booney, owner of Black Flag Barbell Uh, this was when, um, when I was mid comp prep in about just as Jim started opening up again I was prepping for the first APU comp for the calendar don't be a jack of all trades you know focus on one thing um that's probably the the main piece of advice like I would give to someone like like focus on one thing at one time as a like as opposed to trying to specialize in everything
0: and that that goes along with the whole thing with patience, right? I feel yeah. like a lot of young people are just trying to rush things to get ahead, get ahead in life or trying to set milestones for themselves way too quickly. I think a lot of young people don't understand the fact that you have such a long time to make gains. And from what I know, like your peak performance isn't until like you were late, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, like your late 20s or 30s or something, right? No,
3: late 20s, yeah. late 20s to like early 30s, like your prime yeah. of your human ability.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so I don't think a lot of people understand that you have fucking time to build and to develop. You're not going to end your whole journey and retire after 21, 22, after your second comp. And I think a lot of people are not just competing and lifting, but in life overall, in terms of uni, work, studying, um, training, people are trying to do all of it at the same time and re- really stagnating their own progress in each of these areas when they could just focus on one and really, you know, exploiting this and after they've sort of set that aside and settled that and stabilised that, then they can work on something else. Yeah, I think that's a, another thing that a lot of people um, sort of get trapped in, not, not being patient and just understand, not understanding that you have a fuck ton of time just to work on yourself, Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think off the back of that, um, I wish someone told me at the very start of my journey that, you can't do everything at once. And like, for me, that was trying to do back to back cardio conditioning with strength training. And like, yeah, I was like quite healthy. Like my aerobic heart rate was amazing, but in terms of my lifting, like I definitely wasn't making the most of the start of my journey. Um, and, Another not so serious one is my dad told me to never do steroids. He was like, yeah, you can lift, but like, don't ever do steroids.
0: <laughs> let's talk about steroids. So I'm
2: natty. I'm natty. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think steroids is an interesting topic that potentially we could delve into if you guys are keen. Yeah, why not? I don't mind. All right, let's do it. Um, I'll start, actually. I, I think people are more than welcome to take steroids if they want to, but... I, I definitely feel like people should put a disclaimer in some some sort of way where they're like, asterisks, maybe using steroids.
1: Yeah, definitely. Like, um, I definitely <laughs> think that, like, if, if you're going to use... Wait, did I interrupt you there? No, 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 go. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, definitely, like, like if you're going to use steroids, like, don't lie about it. Like, I like one of my favorite influencers at the time, like, right now, is uh, I'm not sure if you guys follow him on TikTok, Noel Dezel. I'm not too sure if you've heard of him. Anyway, he's a South African bodybuilder. He openly uh, has a disclaimer, I have used steroids. And I feel like because he's so open about it, he can actually teach people about the process of, you know, what it's like, I'm using steroids, Hmm. you know, like being open about it is what prevents issues from happening later down the track.
0: Yeah. And I've seen some fitness influences like, they they post YouTube videos and it's like I'm about to reveal the truth, but they say fucking nothing. It, it's just like everything that we already know, without really and saying it in a different way, packaging it in a different way. And you can clearly tell us sometimes that someone has used steroids, but they continue to refuse that they or continue to deny that they have. Um, but yeah, what do you guys what do you guys think about steroids in general? Or steroid use, PEDS? Um. Well, I think
2: like we do have powerlifting federations that allow you to take steroids and, like, they don't drug test, so that's perfectly fine. Um, Like, I was part of GPC. That's obviously um, a federation that doesn't test. So I knew that I would be up against people that were taking steroids. So for me, like, there was a little bit of transparency just by knowing that we don't drug test, like, so there is a possibility. Um, And it's quite clear, like, when you see how strong these ladies are like it whether they're natty or not, like it's still really impressive to me, like that they are so strong. So like, yeah, there's transparency. Um, and I like that, but at the same time, like I'm still going to look up to people that are quite strong. Yeah. You know, it doesn't really bother me too much as long as they will, as long as they're not trying to go into a drug tested federation and try and mm. say that they are something that they're not, you know? Yeah, yeah
0: for sure.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah. Same thing with Brianna. Uh, I've done three GPC comps and I <laughs> know. I thought you were going to say
0: I've done, I've done steroids. <laughs>
3: no, 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 I've done, I've done competed in three GPC comps and yeah, I went into that knowing, all right, the people I'll be competing against whether or not they'll be in my weight class. Um, they're probably using something. Um, and yeah, like you said, Kelvin, sometimes you can tell, um, like one of those things, you know. Sometimes they, they smell a bit funny, <laughs> um, <laughs> but that that's just, that's just one thing. And you know, uh, as as we as we know of, uh, the body reacts differently to different substances. So that's why some people have those little side effects. Um, but yeah, I think in terms of like use, like I don't care if someone is using it like Shahan, like all, all of you said, as long as they're honest about it or open about it, um, they don't deny it. Mm. Um, it's always so bad when you can tell someone's clearly using something. Yeah. But then they're just like, no, 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 I'm not. Um, but that's why I think, you know, cause like at the end of the day, like if you're doing it right, like, and safely as best as you can, like you've done your research, you've been to a doctor that's, able to actually help you out with it and they're okay with it. Like they let you do it. They'll get you the stuff that you need. Um If you're doing it the right way, I don't see why you can't. Mm. And then that brings up the whole discussion of like, I want to see like an Olympics where it's like drug, not like not drug tested. Cause I'd like to see like a guy run an eight second meter, hundred meter sprint. Yeah. <laughs> like that would yeah. be fucking awesome. Or like to see like a, a high jumper, Jump, like, four meters. Yeah. Um, Because, like, what, the world record's, like, what, three or something? Uh, I don't know. I can't remember. Um, Yeah. But, like, just, like, seeing people do superhuman stuff would be awesome. Mm. Um, But, you know, for the vast majority of society, uh, any kind of drug's bad. So, that's why
0: there's all these laws and everything against it. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And, I mean, for me, with my fitness journey, I started doing bodybuilding. I started off doing bodybuilding, and I was sort of—I was very much delved into that world. And I honestly didn't know much about powerlifting at all until I started, you know, um, actually prepping for my first comp um, last year. No, last year was it last year? I think yeah, it was last year. Last, year. last yeah. September. Yeah. Um, and so for me, the way I see PEDs, performance-enhancing drugs or, or steroids, is that it just allows a human to achieve their greatest potential. As in, it's just an assistance towards achieving their greatest potential. But that's not without saying, obviously, like we said before, if it's a drug tested competition, you know, don't, don't go into it and say that you're, you're natty when you're not. Um, but I think another thing to mention is the fact that people who are on peds aren't cheating themselves, because the way I see it is that it, they, they still have to put in as much hard work as, you know, as natty people to get to where they want to be, whether they're um, a bodybuilder or a, or a um, powerlifter if they're going to be, you know, the best of the best in terms of bodybuilding, powerlifting, whatever, um, they're, they're going to have to train hard regardless. They, they're, you know, food has to be in point. And I think a lot of people think that, oh, once you're in PEDS, um, you know, you you can eat whatever you want, you can train however you want and you'll get, you'll, you'll make result, you get results.
1: I think people on PEDS actually have it harder than, um, people on, like, you know, aren't taking PEDS because they have an extra, um, extra safeguard that they need to take, you know, sure. Like. Like natural people, you know, we diet hard, we train hard, we rest hard. But I've like people who take PEDs have that extra layer of safety that they need to take account for. Like they have to see their doc, they have to see doctors, they have to get tests done just to say health. So if anything, it's an extra hurdle that they have to overcome. That's just like my opinion on on that. You know, I, I understand a lot of people disagree with that, but like it's just an extra hurdle that and kind of adds to that success that they have at the end of the day.
0: Mm, yeah, very fair. Awesome. Anything to add on that topic, guys? No. Cool. Awesome. So we're going to move on to our last question of the podcast. Basically, it's just talking about future plans, um, about ABF. I know we talked about it with goals and just sort of growing. Um, we are in a bit of a lockdown at the moment, so I guess meetups are not on the table yet, but maybe we could talk about that. Um, and then just plans for yourselves individually as lifters you know goals career whatever uh but let's start with yeah goals and plans for abf i think well always the goal
3: is to try and like run these meetups but uh they do get a little crazy in terms of trying to organize like how many people will rock up we've had over the last couple of meetups that we had before the lockdown way way more and more people rocking up to these things and we were like oh, holy definitely. shit like, like, that like uh, made up. the like. tri-nation there's like 30 of us and then i Plans. think at pcyc yeah a plan no there was actually though no, yeah something like that yeah but then pcyc there's like closer to 40 if not more wow. uh, of total people coming
0: in and out and isn't um, there like there, there isn't a lot of equipment at PCYC? There's like one. Like...
1: <laughs> yeah, they have, that they day have... I didn't even yeah. plan on training. Like I came off to work, I was like, you know what, I'm going to do one thing. I'm going to hang out with people, talk to people. <laughs> that, that that was my only plan for that day.
3: Yeah, you did a you did a lot of that five minute challenge on that air bike thing.
1: Oh yeah, that, the vomiting I I was after not fun. that was fun. <laughs> oh, yeah, <shit. laughs> yeah. Context um, of that was um Alex Femin. Shout out to Alex Femen. Came third at APU Estates under the under U93s. Um there was this assault bike, was like, yeah, fastest um hundred, I think it was like ten hundred calories, I believe, on that bike. Quickest time. Uh, fast oh, was like 100. First fastest amount of calories. And um he was like, Oh yeah, just do it. Um <laughs> I, I did do it. I did get the second best time after wow, him, but nice. at, at what cost? It was uh, <laughs> no, not it a costs. good cost. <laughs> yeah, <it was> <laughs>
3: but um but yeah, uh answering the question the i guess the the goal is to try and get these meetups running again um we have really tried to organize something every month but it just kind of ends up being a bit delayed whether it be like a lockdown scare or just like unavailability unavailability of people um but i think at a certain point when there's enough people around like we don't have to wait for everyone to rock up um, because people will, will, will show up if they can. We can't work to everyone's schedule. Um, and I think just like, and apart from meetups, um, just like growing the online community, um, Brianna and I run the ABF Instagram page. So a lot of people are training at home right now and they're tagging us in their stuff. If you're out there listening or watching this, um, tag Aussie Barbell family. We will instantly reshare and repost whatever it is you're sharing um and then in terms of other stuff uh i guess well when when we get around to it um, we can f- find or create get someone to help us create another design for merch um we have been a little quiet on that front lately um we've had a we had a couple of shirt runs early on but i think it'd be a good time now to maybe get something going into summer with like singlets or tank tops or whatever. I think that'd be pretty fun.
1: Yeah. We were mm-hmm. planning on doing a hoodie run, but then I think we just got a bit too busy and then lock yeah. um lock bit too busy lockdowns came across. So I guess we kind of missed that whole winter hoodie run, but yeah, definitely something for the summer would be nice. Yeah.
0: All right. Let's go into, I guess, uh, your own futures and goals individually. Let's start with Brianna.
2: Um, so I am no longer part of GPC. I'm actually planning on switching over to APU. So my original plan was to compete at the end of the year just to qualify for state for next year. Um, I guess it depends on lockdown to see how that goes. Um, But yeah, that's kind of the route that I'm heading towards for powerlifting. And then in terms of like outside of that, um like i'm really happy with my work at the moment just gonna stay there in the same role and hopefully get better because i really quite like what i'm doing at the moment yeah it's good
0: yeah awesome cool moving on to shahan
1: yeah
2: similar to brown
1: like you know that was always the intention of competing at the end of this year um i still want to get that 500 total as a junior but i don't think that's going to happen at this stage because i you know, I'm going to be be moving to the Opens next year. Uh, definitely want to get another competition under my belt Um, because I still want to hit that 500 total. I should I should have been able to do it ages ago, but you know, life happens. A couple of SI injuries on the way, kind of puts you back puts you back a lot. I know Kelvin resonates with that one a bit. Uh, SI injury. Um, yeah, Rihanna too. That's uh, the cur the cursed word for powerlifters. SI joint. But um. Yeah, I think after I hit that five-minute total, I'm definitely going to take a bit of a step back from powerlifting because um, there is a sense of fulfillment that you get um, from like, it, I find sometimes there are, there are limited fulfillment in doing, sticking to one thing and just enjoying it. That's why, um, like example for me, like my, my hobby slash fitness hobby that I generally enjoy a lot outside of powerlifting was OzHag, you know, like after I did States earlier this year, I definitely took a Big breaking palace because I just enjoy that more. Um, I for me personally, I'm, I cycle between the two. Like I do a bit of Oztag and then a bit of palaties. So definitely after um, I finish that comp prep, I will definitely de- go back into Oztag just to take a bit of break from it. Work wise, definitely um, you know content in my role. Um, hopefully get promoted senior by the end of this year um, if in, within my role itself if all things goes to plan, um, but in terms, of that, like, in terms of the immediate future, that's that's the main thing at the moment. Awesome. Cool. And Zach.
3: Similar to both Shahan and Brianna. Um, I feel like a lot of people wanted to start get their competition year rolling by mm-hmm. at the end of this year, um, to get an early qualifier for states to have that little extra like time between because we, we don't well, we don't know what the APU calendar looks like next year. Um, so we have no idea when to think about uh, comp timing, um, like travel plans, stuff like that. Um, And yeah, because since after they cancelled APU Nationals, um, they haven't put out any news about it. Um, So uh, I was very much hoping to do my first APU comp um, at the end of the year as well. Uh, I spent the last... I've done... Well, I've done done four GPC comps, and I was supposed to do GPC Nationals this year, um, but that didn't happen um, because, well, we basically went into this lockdown. Um, I tried to continue my prep in lockdown, but that didn't happen. Um, But it would be really nice to be able to do a comp in December if things go to plan. Um, January is probably looking to be the best thing. Oh, sorry, the best month um, for things to kind of like settle down again in terms of COVID. And then pretty much like my the next year for me is it's going to be really taking uh, competing APU seriously. Um, all the qualifying totals that are there for the Open seventy fours, are uh, for me pretty achievable. Um, so I'm just really trying to gear up for like a big performance at Nationals next year. And hopefully under my new coach, Beth, um, same coach as Brianna, shout out to Beth Parker output SS on Instagram. Um, hopefully like we'll be able to like keep the knowledge going and keep the learning going, um, through to that, um, in terms of life stuff, uh, just hopefully I still be working at black flag, um, try and, you know, keep building that, that community there, um, more so just trying to just trying to like get everyone a little bit more involved um, because we, we had a period of time at Black Flag where a lot of people were really interested in competing. Um, we had like a strong group of like people around who just wanted to compete together. Uh, but of course, as things go, uh, these people have slowly left the gym. and uh, the, the community at Black Flag is still really nice. But it's kind of lost that competitive side to it. So I'm really hoping to kind of bring that back around. And there's been a couple of new people who have joined Black Flag that are starting to bring that, um, that competitiveness back, which I think will be good for the community in general. Um, and I'd actually like to, maybe by the end of this year, seeing how things go, like leave the warehouse job that I work at. Um, it is nice to work at HelloFresh. It's good to do something completely different to everything. I, I just stand around putting stuff in boxes all day. Like, it's, it's pretty, like, not – oh, what's the word? Like, I, I just don't have to think about anything, you know? Yeah, like, with that job, it's pretty, like, brain dead. Um, like, I, I still have to think a certain amount, but it's not, like, me in the gym trying to think and process, like, how to coach someone through a movement mm. totally different thing um but i would like to leave that by the end of the year um because i because i also have to wake up at like six in the morning to get to work whereas like just working at the gym like coaching hours aren't until the evening so i can get up <laughs> at like stupid hours like nine o'clock or ten o'clock in the morning i, I see um, brianna
0: shaking her head <laughs>
3: <laughs> brianna's an early riser because he's still got that The swimming the swimming Corporate. Corporate. hours in our head, or oh, the corporate ones, yeah. But it's like swimming, getting up at like six o'clock in the morning is normal. Whereas for me, like
2: 5,
3: 4, yeah, for me. <laughs> yeah, whereas for me, like I've lived a long time the past few years without having to do stuff at like seven in the morning. So I've been living good. <laughs> but um, that's that's uh that's what I'd like to have in mind. Yeah. Um, for the next cool. over the next year yeah yeah nice.
0: and just a quick question for for zach and brianna in terms of competing in GPC, what was the why i mean yeah why did you decide to compete in GPC versus apu or pa
2: um yeah so i started competing in GPC because that's what my old coach was competing in and oh, okay. to be honest like i didn't really know about the other federations that were available so i kind of just followed in his footsteps um And it was awesome. Like, the community is really good. Like, it's all really good vibes. The music's always, like, pumping. Everyone's cheering. Like, it's a really good community. Um, But I decided to switch over to APU after, um, like, a few things. But a majority of ABF people are in APU. So it would be cool to just be around that community a bit more as well.
0: Mm,
3: Awesome. Yeah, Um, yeah, same for me. Uh, I joined a gym community where the old heads at our gym, uh, were a part of PTC Sydney. And that was a big kind of like GPC gym, um, before it was shut down, obviously. Um, but yeah, so I did GPC just because everyone else in my gym was doing it or had experience with it. We kind of made it like a group trip. So we did two, two back to back years, where we all drove down to Canberra together for uh, oh, yeah, for a me um, yeah, Shahan did one of those actually. Um, yeah, I did
1: G- I did GPC first um, before oh, AP, really? I did one- Yeah, he did he did just oh, one GPC okay. comp.
3: Um yeah. but yeah, like like that that was fun. Like it was like that was when we started that community vibe going on. Mm. Um but after that it was just kind of like um I just kept competing because that's what It's just really just what everyone else is doing. Mm. Um, But the the reason for the switch... uh, Well, there's two reasons. One was just because every time I got into the wraps, I became injury prone, Uh. especially with my calves. Um, I don't think there was anything actually wrong with the wrapping style that we were using because I tried a few different wrapping styles and my calves still kept getting hurt. I think it was just more so the stress that my calves were under in a wrap. Um, And it it just like kept throwing off my prep every single time. Like it didn't affect bench and deadlift too too much, but I'd always have good momentum going with squat and then I get hurt. And then I have to kind of like restart halfway through a prep and it wasn't that fun. And then really the other reason is to switch to APU. Now it's kind of get a bit more of a challenge Uh, GPC for the men has a lot of lifters in the heavier weight classes like 90 kilos Mm, and up right but it's very thin when it comes to the lighter weight classes like the 75s and the 67 and a half so with apu there'll be more competition um and the guys i'll be going up against are stronger than me or around the same strength so i'd like to use that to fuel my competitive drive whereas Mm. with gpc a lot of the older guys who were in my weight class had already left or they retired um, or they just like stopped lifting. And I was kind of like at the top of the weight class in GPC. But seeing these guys who are squatting without wraps being way stronger than us, it's like, hang on, I want to be more like that as mm. opposed to using wraps um, mm. and squatting less. So it's going to be a good um, change. I'm going to enjoy going through a squat prep and not being hurt. <laughs> That'll be fun. And I, I, th- I think that will just pay dividends in terms of like my confidence leading into a competition. Yeah. And just like just like being able to perform on the day mm-hmm. as well.
0: Yeah. There's, there's one last thing that I wanted to talk about briefly. Uh, Shahan mentioned it very quickly in terms of switching between Oztag and powerlifting. Do you guys see yourself powerlifting for a very, very long time? Or do you think... It will last for the next maybe two or three years. Where do you guys see in terms of more long term for powerlifting specifically as a sport for yourselves?
3: Um, I want to just keep going until my bones break. Like, oh it, Jesus Christ! It, okay. Like <laughs> it would be, it would be awesome because, like, because you don't see a lot of it. Uh, powerlifters start young and they keep going until they're masters. Like, like a twenty year powerlifting career. Like you don't see a lot of those. Um, you see Do you think a lot of people. Reason
0: it? why it doesn't go that long, though.
1: Well, oh, I think man, it's...
3: It's, there's a lot of reasons. Injury. People yeah. get bored of it.
0: It's um, tough. It's tough
3: to constantly put yourself through endless like cycles of like, like training. End you of know. Time. Yeah, it's a lot of time. A lot
2: of time.
3: Yeah, it's a lot of the time when you're trying to train seriously. Um, yeah, I would like to be one of those rare few. Uh, who starts their journey young and then keeps going? Um, there are a lot of masters records out there that could easily be beaten, and I would like to try and beat them if they're still that low <laughs> when I'm that old. Um, but for now, yeah, like I, I just want to keep going. Like I love this shit. Uh, like I, I work at a gym, so I like you. Same with you, Kelvin. Obviously, we love it heaps that we yeah. want to make it pretty much our lifestyle like it's not a hobby anymore you know like it's mm. what it's what we do for a profession yeah. so i want to take it as seriously i can as efficiently as i can um and that's why i'm gonna i'm gonna throw that shout out again like shout out team sandbag you know that's <laughs> that's what longevity is all about you know yeah. uh yeah yeah and that, mm. that i'm gonna leave my answer at that yeah
0: awesome yeah rihanna
2: Um, like I think for me, I definitely haven't reached my peak yet. Um, I've got a lot to go in. Like I, there's so much more that I want to achieve, um, like certain goals that I want to hit. Um, yeah, it would be nice to pull like a 200 kilo deadlift. Like I think that would be a really awesome goal to hit. Um, in terms of like long-term, like I'd love to do it as long as I can. Um, there's no, Like I don't see myself stopping in two or three years time. I guess it just comes down to what my priorities are. Like if I Mm. want to be spending or if I can afford to spend two hours, three hours in the gym, four times a week, because at the end of the day, like as much as I love it, like I still have a full-time job that takes first priority because that's how I'm getting paid. (laughs) And then like, it is a really nice way to get out and, and train and focus on something different. So yeah, I would love to do it. It's just a matter of whether I can still fit it in however mm-hmm. long down the line.
0: Yeah. And, and Shahan, I know you, you mentioned that you cycle between Oztag cycle between and powerlifting, but yeah, how about more long-term for you?
1: Yeah, I definitely think long-term, like I'm not, so this kind of relates to the jack of all trades thing that I said earlier, like I want to try and experience as many things as I can, you know, like while I'm young, especially like, you know, when you're older, you don't really, you know, things come up, like, you know, like let's say I'm 30, like you know, I might be starting a family, might have like a home deposit, working full time. You know, um, what I want to do is I want to try out as many things as I can. Like that's just me personally. Like I just want to experience new things. Are you so saying is on the cards? Oh, maybe, maybe one day. <laughs> Who knows? I can learn to control my eating habits. Maybe, yeah. But um, like Kelvin, one- just
3: take him through the bodybuilding route, man. And like, heart <laughs> needs to grow his biceps. Make. <laughs> make shahan's biceps grow just give him an arm program honestly
1: yeah um but in terms of like (laughs) like the next couple of years um i'm gonna continue powerlifting for the time being um a few things i want to do is one one thing i want to do one day is do a uh triathlon so that's been always been on my bucket list so i have a good zach
3: Zach looks surprised (laughs) me
1: is nah, he's Zach. mentioned
3: it before he's mentioned it before
1: yeah anytime <laughs> any thought of cardi any mention of cardi zach's like huh <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah not like um one of my old uh mates um who's to swim with you know he dived into triathlons after um finishing up his swimming career and i think he's probably top five in australia Whoa. um i don't know how the two carriers work but he's the guys you know shredded to the bone like he could run from here to Brisbane in like, you know, a couple of hours, like he's just one of those guys. <laughs> okay. So, so definitely like, that's one thing I've always had in my mind because I love running. I love um, swimming. I still love, you know, I can, I can still swim. So definitely um that's something like on the bucket list I want to tick off. So obviously I can't power lift. I do that. You know, like mm. I, um so definitely once I'm fulfilled with my, um, powerlifting i'll probably take a step back from it also lift weights and stuff but powerlifting is tough like longevity wise it's very hard to stay it can be very hard to stay motivated in the sport because com- going through a comp prep is you know can be quite miserable at times like you know i like i'm pretty sure the other two can say can 100 agree with me like we've gone through like you know mental health bouts where like You just want to give up, you know, and it's it's tiring to always put yourself through that stress, you know, on your body as well, on your mind. Like sometimes when I'm deadlifting, I'm always thinking, "Fuck, am I getting injured?" No, it is, you know, it is a very strength um, stressful process. Mm. And obviously for me, like I don't see myself, you know, becoming like you know one of those elite powerlifters, right? Like from a physical standpoint, like like I know where my limit is. Like I'm not going to be like an Emilio where I'm like, you know, going for a 700 total, like realistically speaking, I can't do that at the moment. I'm like, unless I only get to that stage if I don't get five, 10 years, which time-wise is something I don't have if I want to achieve those other goals. Mm. So like, I've set myself like a realist goal. Let's say like, for me, like in one year, maybe 550, you the know, end of next year. That's something that's within reason. Um, if I fulfill that, I'm going to say, yep, I've had a good goal with powerlifting. I know what it is about. I want to try something else. Mm.
0: Yeah, I think that's very fair. Being realistic with yourself and really understanding when to say stop, I think is is really valuable because a lot of people, they can just send it, keep sending it. But again, then there they comes with the, the topic of longevity, right? And I think something that I've personally been trying to sort of battle with is the sort of long-term impacts of powerlifting and trying to sort of find out more about that in terms of like how it can impact joints. Um, and just in terms of your, your bodily functions in general, um, would you guys have any opinions on that in terms of longevity and and powerlifting? Um, in general as well,
3: what the research shows, uh, like that's like moving weight in general is good for you. Yeah. Obviously, with powerlifting, you're pushing that to the max. So, um, the thing is with like, like taking it the right way, training the right way, not going crazy all the time. Like, your body will continue to adapt. Um, so, your bones will continue to get stronger, and your muscles will continue to get stronger. Mm. Um, there will be a certain point where it will really plateau as you age, and then start to decline. But, with like, people, like, like you see masters lifters out there who are, like, 70 or 80, but mm. they move just as good as, you know, a younger person, because they expose their body to, like, actual function. Yeah. Whereas, like, you see a 70 or 80-year-old who never lifted a weight in their life, uh, didn't do too much sport growing up, or, like, into their 30s, 40s, uh, they move, like, like robots, you know, like, like they have the, gar- the garbage and I'm sure you experienced yeah. that Kelvin, like when older PT clients come in, mm. like they don't move too well. And I, I see, see that as well. Yeah. yeah. That
0: comes back to the conversation about common misconceptions. And it's something that I'm trying to push my own parents into to try to get them to exercise and actually mm. weight train because they're going into their 50s, 60s and they still don't see the value of weight training for people yeah. when they're older. They think that, oh, because I'm going to be lifting this weight, like my bones are going to break. No. Well, maybe it's because you haven't lifted weights and that's not going to happen. But if you do sort of, you know, get yourself into that sort of an environment and allow your body to adapt to that, um, that stimulus, then you're going to be better off. Yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah. Um, which is why I think, uh, like going back to the original question, um, just like, as long as you do it the right way, your joints and everything will not like die. <laughs> right like 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 you you will live a pretty healthy life if you regularly move some weight around and keep your body healthy cuz like you're only on this planet for a short amount of time you might as well take care of your body unless you don't want to <laughs> yeah so what is
1: like, <laughs> movement is medicine
0: 100% yeah yeah agreed yeah awesome guys is there anything else you guys want to talk about any other topics anything that you want to mention shoutouts any more shoutouts <laughs> shout out to everyone listening to this um and for going
3: through uh like <laughs> like this journey of everything that we've been talking about um <laughs> but yeah just a shout out to all the people that have gotten us here you know my coach uh Chris Mooney uh Black Flag Barbar. I know Sean already shouted him out um shout out to Beth already uh did that only been under her for a couple of weeks now but um it's been good so far learning some new things um shout out to brianna my girlfriend um <laughs> he's in the call
1: <laughs> um,
3: and then shout out to shahan for getting me into the gym yeah that's it. nice that was
0: nice that's wholesome anything else um, guys
2: so, yeah i um i guess i just want to shout out my first coach um chris on uh he you can find him on instagram at Untoom Strength. <laughs> And obviously, um, like, my new coach, Beth, and our nutrition coach, Aiden, Aiden Potts, um, yeah, I definitely, like, would not be the same person without any of them in my life. And, yeah, um, obviously, Zach and Sahana are a big part of that as well, because we wouldn't have ABF without them. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really proud of, like, where we've come from and, and what's to come as well for us.
0: Awesome. Sahana.
1: Yeah, shout out to uh, Tony Mai for humbling uh, Kelvin with his deadness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, uh, I've done my shout outs. <laughs> yeah, Is that it? I've done my Are shout out. Are you serious? <laughs> no, like every, everyone that I have shouted out, um, you know, everyone I have mentioned, I have shouted, I have shouted out everyone that I want to mention, like, you know, shout out to Chris. Oh, shout out to DA and Jaden, the original Crunch Fitness crew of oh, 2016. Yeah. Were, that was like a great time. Our OG 5A um, crew, yeah. Shout out to Jack Warwick, Jack Cheggs, Angus Roberts, <laughs> um, Kieran. That was the OG Black Flag powerlifting crew of 2019. That really made me fall in love with the sport. Like oh, that's, um, nice. that's what really f- made me feel like I'm ready shout out to those guys for that original comp prep that we all went through. Um, yeah, that's, that's it.
0: Yeah. Amazing. Well, also let's wrap it up. If people want to find you um, where's the best way to find you, Zach, let's start with you. Uh, Instagram.
3: So ZT barbell. Um, I recently joined the TikTok craze. I'm a little (laughs) bit late, but, uh, it's just my name, Zach Toravillis. If you can spell that, I'm not going to spell it for you now. Um, but that's the easiest way to find me. Um, I would throw my phone number up, but I'm not bothered. (laughs) Okay. All
0: right. Um, Brianna. Um, so we've all got fairly similar usernames. Mine is the bubble movement. Yeah.
2: Thanks. Thanks, Shahan, for the barbells' um, Instagram name. I think that's <laughs> where you where it originated from, actually.
3: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I did yeah, Shahan, Shahan made it up
0: first, yeah.
2: And then we all just followed along for a joke, and it's kind of just stuck. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And Shahan, where, where's the best place for people, for people to find you?
2: Yeah,
1: sb.barbell. Barbell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, honestly, it's actually really easy to um, dif- like you just put our first initials together and dot barbell, and like yeah, we've got I think quite like a few people who've done similar sources. It's pretty easy to find us.
0: Awesome, man. So, awesome, and how about um social
3: media for A B F? Uh you can find us at Aussie Barbell Family. Um, so how do you spell that? It's with the normal spelling. So. It- <laughs> Yeah, I'm not. I'm not even. That <laughs> A U S S I E barbell family. That's how we yeah. spelled it. Uh, we'll, yeah, it will come up like that. Um, that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's how you can uh, join the community. Tag us in your posts. Um, you know, comment men- mention us in comments. Put us in your Instagram stories. We'll reshare it. Uh, lifting community. We'll see you. Make friends. You know, everyone's really friendly. If you want to find us on Facebook, um, look up. Yeah, same thing, Aussie Barbell Family on Facebook. Uh, if you want to join the group chat, you know, just message one of us about that as well. We'll add you on Facebook and then we'll join, add you into the group chat. Um, a lot of crazy stuff goes on in there sometimes. It's pretty funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, and that's Facebook and we are not on any
0: other social media. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Yep, we are, yeah, yeah. Awesome, guys. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. Zach, Shahan, Brianna, I appreciate your time. Um, if you guys want to find me, I'm also on Instagram, kilvintrend.fitness. You can also find Daily Hustle, Daily hustle.apparel on Instagram or go to our website, www.daily-hustle.co for any of our merch. Hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. I had a really good time talking to these wonderful, wonderful people. Um, hope you guys stay tuned for the next one. Thanks so much again for your time and enjoy your day.